0: Amen. Amen. Those those men that when they came to this country and they started this country, men like Benjamin Franklin and different ones, they brought all of their wealth and all of their 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 finances with them and they they basically donated, it's my understanding in history, all the all of their possessions and everything, they they gave everything to get this to kickstart this country. Amen. Amen. They they committed everything. The people in the in the New Testament church, what does the Bible say that they had all things common. They brought all, they sold their possessions and parted everything that they got from that. And what did they do? They provided to the church as everybody had need. Amen. Would we be willing to do that? Amen. It's like somebody starting a business and investing all of their savings and everything to start that business. And not taking a paycheck for years and throwing every dollar they make back into the business and leaving themselves just living on a shoestring. They're willing to do whatever it takes. Amen. 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 There's a company called Atari. Anybody ever heard of that? Atari was started by two guys in a garage that took a, some wood and built a box and dropped an old TV in it with the screen up and created a game called, anybody remember? No. Pong. Boop. little ball goes boop. Yeah, but it wasn't called Atari when they created that. And those two guys just had an idea. Amen. And so the church was born. And people gave everything to the church to see it go forward. Amen. Amen. So we are fighting in this battle. We are part of God's army. Amen. And so the only thing that we can do to affect the lives of people in this city is through prayer. Amen. But there's a lot more we can do. Amen. Amen. Before I start, is there anything? Y'all help me. Sister Linda, is there anything about missions that I would need to emphasize or go over? Amen. Anybody? Okay. Praying for your missionary. Yes. Thank you. The, the one that you the ones that you chose amen don't forget to pray amen and i can tell you and, and this man that stands in this pulpit can tell you and i've i've got close friends that are missionaries right now and they they want the finances but really they want the prayer amen because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much amen and they are dealing with spirits in these other countries they are dealing with demonic spirits that have been in charge for a long time in these countries. Amen. That God is able to overcome. Amen. And a threefold cord, the Bible says, is not easily broken. So if we bind together with them in prayer, in our faith, with their faith, and our belief, and our trust in God, with their trust in God, God can do things. Amen. Beyond what we can imagine or think. Amen? Amen. He can open doors they never thought possible to even ask about opening. Amen. Amen. God is good today. Amen. If you have, if you've been listening to the DVDs or watching the DVDs back there, Amen. Anybody been watching those? They are awesome. If you haven't watched the winter camp uh, DVDs, you need to do that. Amen. Brother Dobbs is awesome. Amen. At one point, he said he was flying or doing something, and he just said, God, you're so good. And he said, God told him, I know, because I'm God. So he's good, whether he's good to you or not. He's still good. Amen. God is just good, period, end of story. Amen. Why would you not want to serve him? Amen. 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 Praise God. We're going to turn in our Bibles this morning to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 18 and verse 1. And we're going to read verses 1 through 4. Praise God. And I'm going to trust in my trusty booth person to put that up there for me. Praise God. And if you want to stand in honor of the Word of God, you can. Amen. God's Word is quick and powerful, as we already said earlier. Amen. I want his word to have an effect in my life. I want to hear his word. Faith cometh by hearing, right? And hearing by the word of God. Amen. It's powerful. Amen. It's not just words. It's, it's his word. It's powerful. Amen. So the word of the Lord came unto me again, saying, What mean ye that you use this proverb concerning the land of Israel, saying the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth, Are set on edge. As I live, saith the Lord God, ye shall not have occasion any more to use this proverb in Israel Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. This is God speaking. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. And that's the title of my message this afternoon, this morning. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Father, we love you today and we praise you. We thank you for the privilege and the honor of being here in your house among your people, Lord, among where your spirit dwells, O oh God, with this place that we call a house of prayer. Father, we pray your ministry would take go forth in this place, Lord, that I, you would use me as your vessel today, Lord, that to minister and to speak what thus saith the Lord today to this people in this room today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. The soul that sinneth it shall die, and you can be seated. Amen. Amen. So what was the proverb that he was talking about? Well, that proverb was that, if you go back in the Old Testament, that the sins of the fathers would be perpetuated upon those in the third and fourth generation. That's the proverb that he was referring to. Amen. Amen. And so the Lord was telling Ezekiel, he's saying, we're not using that proverb anymore. Because I'm going to make some people accountable. I'm not going to make the children have to suffer because of the sins of the fathers. And that's where he was talking about the the fathers have eaten sour grapes and it's caused the children's teeth to be set on edge. Amen. It's like you ever bit into something that's really sour like I take these vitamin C pills that are chewable. Wah. Boy. <laughs> when I first when I gave one to my wife first time she went, Wow, <laughs> right? Like biting into a lemon or something like that, right? And so that's the Lord was saying, uh-uh. That proverb end. that's the end of that. I'm gonna start holding this is Ezekiel who who is a prophet. And what was the purpose of the prophets? Purpose of the prophets was to tell the people what thus saith the Lord. He, he sent them to warn the people of God. To stop doing things and start doing other things or whatever he told them, they would say, thus saith the Lord. And this is what the God was telling him. Here's what's going to happen. That proverb, that principle that I said is no more. If you're a father and you're doing wickedness, I'm going to hold you accountable. If you're a son and you're not living righteously, I'm going to hold you accountable. Amen? And so the point, and you might think you know where I'm going with this, but the, the thing that I'm that I felt like the Lord wanted me to get across to you is that there are people outside these doors right now in this city that are destined to go to a devil's hell right now. If the Lord was to come back today, right now, they would, be, they would be sent. They would send themselves. They would be going to a devil's hell without any chance or opportunity of knowing that there is a gospel that can save them. Amen? And why is that, do you think? Why is that? Why would that be that they have never heard this gospel? Right? Last week we talked about a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, right? Where 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 are we in that equation? Where are we as the church of the living God in the equation where the, the, the Lord says to Ezekiel to tell Israel, The soul that sinneth, the, every soul is his. Every soul out there belongs to Him. They might not realize that. They might not know that. They might not even acknowledge it. But there's going to come a day when they're going to stand before their Maker, as they say. And they're going to give an answer and give an account. Amen. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin sin has wages amen is death and that's not talking about natural death amen the bible says that it's appointed unto man once to die and then comes the judgment so that's talking about spiritual death for the wages of the sin of unrighteousness of unholy living of using the name of the Lord in vain, the name of the one and only God that can save your soul, and you're out there cursing with his name, there's going to come a day that the wages of your sinful lifestyle and your choices is going to be death or their choices. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is a free gift for them out there right now. If they would just come and get it, Amen. But how do they know there's a free gift? Who's telling them? Amen. Where are we? We're the church, are we not? We're the people of God, are we not? Just like I was talking about the church on the day of Pentecost. There was never a church before that day. So there was no bylaws. There was no rules. There was no traditions of men if you want to put it that way, there was no way of doing church. They were it. They set the gold standard for the rest of us. And what does the Bible say after all that happened and 3,000 were added to the church that day and all that? What did, what did it go on to say? In verse 39 through 47. It talks about all the things that they did, and they sold their possessions and parted to every man as every man had need of, and they had favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved in the amplified Bible, it says, such as were being saved, how were they being saved? those that the Lord was adding to the church, how were they being saved? Was it magic, huh? Was the Lord just going around with a little stick, just tapping people on the shoulder and saying, you, you, you? No. How did it happen? They went from house to house, having fellowship, breaking of bread. And that's not just, they didn't just order out pizza from Papa John's. Right? And just sit around and just chew the fat, talk about stuff. They talked about the kingdom. What had just happened in their life? <laughs> like one of our instructors in P.I. yesterday said, when you were, most of us, when we got the Holy Ghost, we just wanted to hug everybody. You know, We were so elated and excited about what we had. Am I right? Am I right? I wasn't there in Eau Claire. Right? It was the most thrilling thing that ever happened in your life. Amen. I was speechless, literally speechless. I didn't know what to say. Somebody asked me how do you feel? you know I just I, 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 <laughs> give me a minute. I gotta think of some words to describe that. It was overwhelming. amen and that's how those people were. they were the first ones. amen and what else did they have to do but go tell somebody right Amen and even the church. You know, Paul wrote all these letters to all these churches. Why? Because they after a while they started getting used to kind of the routine of just doing church. Right? And so so they started having lots of idle time. This some of this might just be commentary by Brother Demuth, okay? Because if if you read, Paul's admonishing the churches. They're getting into all kinds of problems with fornication, with all kinds of stuff, right? And so Paul's writing these letters going, hey, stop it. Remember what you're here for. Amen. Amen. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Remember what you're supposed to be doing. Don't let yourself get distracted by just having good church. Amen. Revelation 20, verse 11 through 13, talks about the final judgment day. And it says, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were, were judged out of the things that were written in the books according to their work. What books? What? What books? Books of the Bible, right? They were scrolls back then. Amen. Thou art without excuse. The instruction manual is right here. If we're not reading it and following the instructions, we are going to be held accountable. Just like those ones out there, those souls that belong to him that are lost right now and destined for a devil's hell. They're going to be held accountable, but so are we. So are we. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. Every man, small and great. Amen. That doesn't disclude anybody. Disclude is a word. It doesn't. We're included in that. Amen. And just like the one with the one talent when the, when the master came back and he just kind of like, I didn't invest it. I knew you were a hard man, and so I didn't throw it away or anything, but I didn't really do anything with it either. So I just buried it in the ground until you got back, so nothing would happen to it. He dug it up and said, here, here's your talent that you gave me. What did he say to that man? He didn't have nice words to say about him, did he? He called him things like wicked. Amen. Amen. Take his talent and give it to the one that had five. Right? What are we doing with what God gave us to do? He gave us a calling. Go to Ezekiel 3, verse 17 through 21. Ezekiel 3, 17 through 21. Amen. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman. Everybody say Watchman. Unto the house of Israel. I know this is talking about people, the Jewish people, but I'd like to kind of make the comparison to us today. Are we not called to be the watchman? Amen. What what was the key about the watchman? Amen. He had direct line to the commander, He he was the guy on the wall that was reporting if anybody was coming, like pulling guard duty. All right? You're there for a reason. You've got the the three general orders and you've got all these things that, that dictate to you what your responsibilities are. Therefore, hear the word of my mouth and give them warning from me. Who's talking here? God's talking. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die and thou givest him not warning nor speakest To warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But, but, there's always a but in there. His blood will I require at thine hand. You're going to be responsible as the watchman. This is what he's telling the prophet Ezekiel. You're going to be held responsible if you don't warn them like I told you to. I'm telling them and I'm telling you. If you read that, he says, if I tell them the wicked and you don't go warn them that that's me telling them that, they're going to die and you're going to die because you're going to be held accountable. Yet if thou warn the wicked and turn not from his wickedness nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. You did what you were instructed, commanded, commissioned to do. Again, when the righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, wait a minute. Somebody that's righteous, that's living righteous and living holy can turn from their, their righteousness and do iniquity? Is that possible? Amen. And I lay a stumbling block before him. I'm trying. Why does the Lord lay a stumbling block before him? To try to get him to turn. Don't go this way. The bridge is out. Because thou hast not given him warning, he shall die in his sin, and his righteousness, which he hath done, shall not be remembered. All the good stuff he did won't matter. All right? But his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man that the righteous sin not, and he doth not sin, he shall surely live, because he is warned... And thou hast delivered thy soul. Have we delivered our soul to somebody today? Amen. I have the opportunity where I'm working right now to have an influence on several people. I mean, literally, I can affect the entire IT department because of who I serve and whom, whom whose I am. So it's up to me. To make the decision and i should have already made the decision and i have i'm serving god it doesn't matter what they say what they do what they invite me to do i'm going to serve god and i'm going to be that light to them and it's already having an effect they're already one of them's already asking me about scriptures what what scripture should i use for my son for this or that or the other right i mean i'm already having an effect they, they know there's something different about me. Nobody has stepped out and said said anything, but they will. Amen. And I'm not there for the job. I'm there because that's a mission field. That's a field he sent me to. Amen. And, the you know, you throw a rock in a pond that's just clear and just flat as glass, and it the ripple effect just goes like this. Lake, it'll just keep going amen imagine the ripple effect of all the people that they know family members they have amen one of our instructors was saying the other day in, in pi that he's reaching out to some amish people where he pastors and one of those amish people had an uncle that lives in indiana just happened to come up and visit just happened to be there when that this preacher was there talking to them about the lord and so he started telling the uncle all about this message that we preach and believe. What an opportunity. So when that that uncle left to go back to Indiana, guess what? He was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and now he's back in Indiana teaching that to his people. An Amish guy. And it didn't stop there. And then he called some other family member up here, started telling him about what happened when he came up here and then now he's now this man's connected to that guy. Now he's reaching him. Amen. You see that the effect of just one opportunity can just snowball if you will. It's winter time. <laughs> it can. It'll just snowball. The effect will be that. But just like he told Ezekiel, we're going to be held accountable. I believe we're going to be held accountable what we do with the talent he gave us. It's not my talent. It's not yours. He gave it to you to use for him. Amen. 2 Timothy verse 4, chapter 4, verse 1 through 2. I'm sorry. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 2. I charge thee, therefore, before God. What is a charge? It's like some, when they commission an officer in the military. They're charged. They're given a charge, and they are given a commission, and they're responsible to to maintain and and fulfill that commitment, right? So a charge is like I'm I'm commanding you. I'm giving you a charge. You know, a father does that to a son when he's getting ready to go to college. I'm giving you a charge to represent our name well, and you know so it, it's like like a command. I charge thee, and this is Paul talking to Timothy, who was what? Paul's protege. Amen, how many people are we mentoring? How many people are we reaching out to and, and making a difference in their life and teaching them and, and, and discipling them? Amen? Like I heard one preacher say it's like it's like each one of us, if we would just have one person that we would mentor. And, and disciple, it's like you're sort of like you're a pastor of one. And God, because, see, you have that influence. You know, you have that influence, Sister Barb, at that college down there where those guys work on your car. Nobody, None of us have been in there like that, but you have. And you have the opportunity to influence them and to share the gospel with them and let them feel the love of Jesus Christ in your life to make a difference and to cause them to go, "Hmm, what is there's something different about that lady." Right? None of us have that opportunity. You know, you have the opportunity in Walmart to talk to people that nobody else does because you have you're in you're at a level with those other employees that none of us are at. Or wherever it is you work, or wherever it is that you rub shoulders with people. What kind of light are you shining? What kind of witness are you being? What are you doing with the talent God gave you? Amen. Let's go back to the scripture. I charge thee therefore before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. This is what he's telling Timothy. Uh, you know, you've, you've been raised in this and everything, and that's great. Timothy and your, your grandmother and your mother and all that and everything but i'm telling you timothy i'm giving you a charge this is the charge that the god gave us that saved us preach the word be instant in season and out of season what does that mean when it's convenient and when it's not so convenient and really most of the time it's not going to be convenient it's going to require time to disciple somebody when you don't want to go sit in the coffee shop or wherever it is that you do you know Golf or whatever it is that you do with that person. it's going to it might cost you money. You might have to buy their lunch every time. Right? But what is it? If you took all of your money, I saw this on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> this preacher posted, if you took all the money that you have, have had or might possibly have and you piled it all up on this side of a scale and you went over here and you put a soul over here, you couldn't put enough money over there because the value of that soul is much more than any amount of money that you have. It's like we were talking about this morning. He's going to take care of that part. If you love the things that God wants you to love and the souls and people and the, and bringing people into the kingdom, if you'll take care of God's business, he'll take care of your business. Right? He will. So you are it's an investment. Yeah, it's money out of your pocket. Yeah. But you know what? You've got that influence. You've got that. You've got the opportunity none of us have, right? Preach the word. Be instant in season and out season. Reprove, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Long suffering. We've talked about that a lot here. What is long suffering? Putting up with a you know a long process of time. Amen. We none of. None of us in here are Bible scholars, right? But we have enough. We know enough about our own salvation experience. We've got our testimony. You've got enough to start with. You know, and the amazing thing is when you start teaching like a structured Bible study, like exploring God's Word or any one of those, after you teach that a couple times, you don't even need to look at the book anymore, right? Right? So if you're sitting there saying, yeah, I know, but I'm not a good teacher and I can't teach Bible studies and I don't know why they keep harping on that Bible study stuff. Well, you know what? Go home and open that Bible study and teach it to your husband. Teach it to yourself. What do you think? What do you think salesmen do when they when they're having to learn a script and to try to sell stuff? (laughs) Believe me, I know I was doing it. Sit in the mirror. This guy named Zig Ziglar that's dead now. That's what he told you to do. Get a tape player and record yourself. And listen back at yourself. Learn it. Get it down. Be critical of yourself. Teach that Bible study to yourself. So when the moment comes when when you need to know it, when somebody's asking you questions, you got it. And the Lord said, don't worry about what you're going to say. I'll be there when it's time for you to say something. Right? I mean, we, you know, just, we we could, the people sitting in this room right now, not even counting the pastor and his wife, we could double this church in, in the next year. Just double, double it. Right now. Right? How? Each one? Each one. Right? My computer just went to sleep. <laughs> Luke verse, chapter 19, verse 9. Now, don't y'all know y'all go to sleep? Luke 19 and 9. Luke 19 and 9. Praise God. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation, come to this house, for as much as he also is the son of Abraham. Go to the next verse. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He was talking to Zacchaeus. Amen? In this story, he was talking to Zacchaeus. He was saying to the people that were listening, Zacchaeus was hungry. Zacchaeus was thirsty. Zacchaeus was willing to get up in a tree to see what he could see about Jesus. There are people at your work, they're not coming out and saying, oh, I can't wait for sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so to get to work so I can ask them about Jesus. They're not doing that. But they want to so bad, and they're so hungry, but they don't know how to say it. And so we have to be sensitive. Jesus was sensitive, and he was looking up in that tree, and he just... You didn't just see a guy up in a tree he he saw more than that he saw somebody that was hungry enough to climb up in a tree to see he said come on down i'm going to your house today amen you never know you never know who you're reaching what does the bible say be careful that you entertain strangers right because you don't know if you're entertaining angels unaware you don't know if God is putting somebody in your path to see what you'll do. Amen? See if you're going to share the love of Jesus with them. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 10 and 11 says, Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus, say, thus she speaks, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, we pine away in them. We sh- why, how should we then live? Say say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God is not sitting up there. He's saying, I can't wait till judgment day so I can strike them all dead. He's not saying that. He's telling us right here. I don't have pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will ye die... O house of Israel, Amen. Why are we going to sit by and let people in this city die spiritually, Amen? One of our I hate to keep referring. One of our instructors was talking about yesterday. He said if they were if the newspapers and the news stations here were to write were writing history about the city of La Crosse would we be in that history would our church be in that history would they what would they write about us if we were because the you know in the new testament they after paul got into the ministry one group said that was trying to you know shut this up they were calling it an insurrection What did they say? These people have turned the world upside down with this mess, this business that they preach. This Jesus, this new king that they're preaching about. Are we turning our city of 51,000 some odd people upside down with this? Or are we just that little church down there on Charles Street that everybody drives by and goes, Look, there's that apostolic. They don't even notice we're here. Amen. Amen. You I'm telling you something. You go down to to Alexandria, Louisiana, okay? Don't even put the the Pentecostals of Alexandria on your GPS. Just go into any store, food mart, or whatever and ask them, Where's POA? I promise you. There'll be very few people that won't say, Oh, you go right down this street and you go down there and you turn and it's right there. And in, in all likelihood, you're going to be talking to one of the people that goes to that church. But that didn't, it's not always been that way. Elder Mangan and his wife started that in their living room. Amen. Amen. And how did they grow that church? People ask them that when they go there. And they just started answering them. One soul at a time. One soul soul at a time amen each one reach one amen Is that's not hard is it it's not you know the lord doesn't want us to go out here and win a thousand just one because of the ripple effect that one you know when they get the holy ghost <laughs> they're going to want to tell everybody and somebody in their family somebody in their their sphere of influence will listen. And somebody else will be hungry and say, Hey, tell me more. Amen. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Those that are destined to, de- to hell. In Acts 26, verse 18, and I may go a couple of verses there. I'm trying to hurry up. Acts 26 and 18. Paul is on his way to Rome and he's in this place and he's talking to these people. And he says to this is what the this is he's sharing with what the Lord told him when he when he had his Damascus Road experience. He's sharing with them again. He's telling his testimony again. This isn't the first time he's told this testimony. He said, this is what the Lord told me that I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go to open the eyes and open their eyes. And that's not talking about physically walking up and opening their eyes. He's talking about, well, we'll just read it. And to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Who's God's faith, right? So whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was disobedient unto, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Thank you for that. And so there was five things there that God told Paul that he was to do. To open their blinded eyes. How do we do that? Prayer. Amen? There's there's people you could walk up to them and you could sit down and start teaching them a Bible study, and if they're if they're if the enemy has their eyes darkened, they're just gonna you're gonna sound like Charlie Brown's school teacher. Wah, 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 wah. They're not gonna get it. Amen. So we've got to begin to lay the groundwork in prayer and say, God, as I go before this person, begin to open their eyes give them a hunger, give them a thirst, give them a desire. Lead with prayer. Amen. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. Amen. To turn them from darkness to light. And we were talking about last week about the darkness. That's. That's not darkness, but it's opaqueness, and it might as well be darkness because you can't see anything through that. There's light coming through, but that's about it. And there's a lot of people out there that there's light getting in, but they don't know what that light is. They don't know what it means. And we need to pray that God will open their eyes and give them a hunger and a desire to want to know more about that light because they're going to see that light in you, hopefully. Amen? To turn them from the power of Satan to the power of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. The Bible says in the New Testament that he has them bound at his will. Amen. There's people out there that are bound and they don't know it. They don't know what's going on. They wish they wouldn't be bound, but they don't understand how to get unbound. And we've got the answer. Amen. We have the answer. As we were once bound we know what it feels like to be on that side of the coin to be bound and in darkness and to and to be to, how many of us remember thinking oh, i'm fine in my religious traditions i'm fine in my religious upbringing i'm fine i'm everything's fine but we had no idea how in darkness we were that they might receive forgiveness number four of sins amen Forgiveness of sins. Repent and be baptized for the remission or the forgiveness of your sins. Amen. And that they may receive inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Amen. I want somebody to to come be where I am. I want them to know what, what it is that I know about Jesus and about this salvation experience. I want somebody, amen, to say thank you. For loving me enough and sticking sticking in there with me and hanging in there with me. Amen? And it's in the little things we do sometimes. You know, there's a, a lady that my wife teaches with that we've been in their home and they've been in our home and, and you, you know, they, they have, they love the Lord and they kind of sort of have a relationship, but there's more that they want, I believe. Because they keep showing an interest in spending time with us. We're not going to try to go in there and, and cram a Bible study down their throat, right? We're going to wait for that opportunity, that door to open. In the meantime, we're going to spend time with them, and, and we're going to be an influence in their life, not let them influence our life, right? Right? Gotta be careful of that. Amen. Let your light so shine. Let it shine in their darkness. Amen that goes back to make sure you're maintaining your relationship. Make sure you're reading your book. Make sure you're you're doing the things that you need to do to make sure that you're as Christ-like as you can be. Amen. Like John said, that I might decrease and he might increase in me, so that when people see me, they don't see me. They see the Jesus in me. Amen. Their souls are destined for a place of eternal fire and damnation. The Bible says that hell was created for who? The devil and his angels. It wasn't created for us. Amen. That's why it's going to be so much more terrible for the soul that spends eternity in that place. And if we're not doing something to go out there and reach people, it's almost like we're sending them there. I'm not saying that we are, but think about it. It's like we're condoning that, well, you know, some of them just are going to go. Well, so be it. I mean, that's not a right attitude, is it? Thank God somebody didn't have that attitude when it was my turn to come along. Amen. Amen. Jesus left the 90 and the 9 and went after the 1. There's a principle. And I've already talked about the the New Testament talking about the the disciples turned their world upside down. So i got a question for you this morning. Why did God call us? Why did God call us? What did He call us for? Did He call us to go to church twice a week and punch our time card? And then the rest of the week we we command our own time. Oh wait. We throw in our little prayer time somewhere in there. But then we have our own schedule, we do what we want to do. Right? Did he call us to do that? Nothing wrong with having a schedule. I know I, I gotta go to work. I gotta think about work when I'm there. But you know, <laughs> I got these long hallways I gotta walk up and down to do my job. I mean long hallways. Like a couple city blocks long hallways and I got this cart they gave me to put my tool bag and stuff on and so a lot of times it's just me and guess what I'm doing while I'm walking from one end of that building to the other I'm praying I'm not just praying for the ones I work with either I got to get in front of customers in that building and move their phones and move their computers and I want my life to to shine a light in their life too because you don't know who's who you're crossing paths with there's a pastor in that town Right, I don't know who he's talked to. Some plant, some water. God gives the increase. I want to be there if I'm supposed to be the one watering or planting, so that somebody in his church can water. I want to see his church grow too. Right? So I got to be. No, I got to know that I know that I know what it is that I believe, and I got to be ready to give an answer. I mean, this is just. This gets really deep, doesn't it? Amen. It's important. He didn't call us to just come here a couple times a week and say hi to everybody. Right? He commanded us to do something, didn't he? Matthew 28, 19. Right? Go and teach. Making disciples. Amen. Not. it's not our responsibility to just invite them here and just let somebody else teach them. You're the person with the influence. You're the person everybody in this room, I'm looking around. I'm pretty sure everybody in this room could teach a good a really good Bible study. You you got enough knowledge, you got enough background, you got a testimony. You got a Bible. <laughs> like one instructor PI said it's okay to say I don't know if they ask you a question. I don't know but I'll study that and I'll get back to you. I'll get you an answer. Or I'll go talk to my pastor and I'll get you an answer. Whatever. Amen. Don't let that hinder you from teaching a Bible study. I'll never cross paths with some of the people you're crossing paths with in your life. And you'll never come across a path of people whose lives I am affecting and infecting with this gospel. Let your light so shine before them. we need to pray there was a There was a preacher years ago, one of our pioneers that when they first started their church the wife just she was new in this, and she just couldn't understand the 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 urgency and the burden of what her husband felt so strongly about this city and it just was blowing her mind and she she asked him one night when they were laying in bed and said <laughs> I don't you know, help me understand, you know. And he just looked at her and said, just pray that God will give you a desire to see the lost saved. And she was like, okay. So she did. She started praying. And she said one night, middle of the night, she woke up, sat bolt right up in bed and was just weeping. And it was God doing that, putting that desire in her right at that moment. And she said from that moment until now, that's all she's had a desire to do is reach people with this gospel. God did that. He put that in her. Amen. So we need to seek the Lord for a desire if we don't have one. Amen. If all you desire to do is come here on Wednesday and Sunday, it's not what it's about. It really isn't. Amen. Amen. We have the opportunity to, to turn this city upside down from this little room right here. These group of people. We can do this. I'm here to tell you we can do it. Amen. Your little prayer in your little prayer closet, it's, you might not think, don't let the devil tell you it's not having an effect. It's having an effect. When you drive from your house to Walmart or whatever, don't just play the radio. I mean, you can do what you want, but use that time to pray. Over your city, if you're driving past these universities, pray. There's hungry people in there that are crying out, going, God, I wish you'd send somebody to show me the truth. And then be sensitive when he sends you. We have everything we need. We have knowledge, ability. We have a pastor. We have we have the Internet. I mean, you, there's no, you can, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. You don't even have to have a Bible with you. You have a smartphone. Put your Bible app on your phone. Put your little Bible study on your phone. Boom, right there. I bought this Bible, I don't know, a while back. It's got Search for Truth Bible study in the middle. From there to there. There's my Search for Truth Bible study. Have I used it yet? Nope. Do I want to? I need to use that. What's good is this Bible? I might as well just tear that out of the middle if I don't use it. Amen? Amen. Responsibility's on us. I'm I'm closing with this scripture. And it's found in the book of Psalms, chapter 79, verse 11. And You can stand. Psalm 79, verse 11 says let the sighing of the prisoner come before thee according to the greatness of thy power preserve thou those that are appointed to die going back to the to the title which is the scripture in ezekiel every soul is his the soul of the father the soul of the son the soul that sinneth it shall die without somebody telling that soul you don't have to live like that without one of us saying you don't have you really don't have to drink to have joy and peace in your life you don't really have to do those things to have satisfaction in your life there's something better for you put that scripture back up there please Seventy nine, eleven 11 of Psalms. Let the sighing of the prisoner come before thee. God, let me hear. Because, you know, God, I believe, He hears the cries of people that are lost, that don't know who Jesus is. They don't even know His name. And they're crying out, Lord, I'm tired of this alcoholic life. I'm tired of this life I'm living. Tired of it. But I don't know where to go and what to do. And God hears those people crying and they're sighing and they're weeping. They're groaning. Why won't you send somebody to talk to me? Can you imagine that? Anybody ever been there? According to thy great, the greatness of thy power, preserve thou those. This needs to be our prayer that are appointed to die. They are appointed to die. In this house next door, this house this way, right there. I mean, they're appointed to die. And here we sit Sunday after Wednesday after Sunday after Wednesday. And where are they? Amen. And I know. People are, you know, we're going to invite people and they're going to come and, and then they're going to, they're not going to come. They're going to make their decision. They've chosen their reward. But that doesn't mean we just stop. Amen. You have a mission field right where you live. You should know the name of every person within uh, 500 feet of your front door. Your neighbors. Amen. You don't go, you don't have to go knock on their door and say, I want to teach you a Bible study. Just take them some cookies or something. Start start somewhere. Amen. You know, I, I mean I, I sit at my desk sometimes and I pray, Lord, give me the opportunity. Don't let me just sit here and do my job. Help me to reach somebody. My one coworker has three sons. Dear God, I mean, and they're married. I mean, if I could reach him and his wife who works there, then I could reach their sons who are married, who have children. I mean, imagine it. All it has to take is one. Amen. But if we're not doing our job that we were commanded and called to do, you know, we're... We're doing everything else but that. Amen. It's not this man's responsibility to win everybody in lacrosse. It's not. It's our responsibility. He's got his part to do too. But we've got our part to do. Amen. Those people in the book of Acts, when they after that day of Pentecost was fully coming, they all went out and and having fellowship and breaking bread and all those things. They went out and made a difference. They had no bible cause they had no training. They just went about telling somebody. And the bible says, "And the Lord added to the church such as were being saved." It's do your part. Like the like the the, the prophet Ezekiel that was being told to warn the people. Just warn them. Just give them, the, give them enough information that they can make a decision. And if they choose not to serve God, that's on them. But we got to tell them. And we don't have an excuse to not tell them. We don't have an excuse. Amen? Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you today. For your message, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your power, for your anointing, O God. We thank you for your goodness. But, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for challenging us today, convicting us today, Father, and causing us to to look inwardly and to to dig down deep in our souls and begin to to challenge ourselves, Father, and to look at ourselves and to examine ourselves and to know, Lord Jesus, whether or not you, you need to let us know, Father, whether or not we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Father, I pray for each and every one within the sound of my voice, those that are listening online or might listen online, Father, that you would challenge and convict them, Lord Jesus. We're not going to reach this world unless we go out and reach one for your, your kingdom, Father. And, Lord, we just want... We just want to please you. That's our goal. Our purpose in this life is to please you. And how can we please you, Father? But by obeying your word. Obeying. To obey is better than sacrifice, Father. We can bring our tithes and offerings. We can bring our worship. But if we're not doing the thing you called us to do, Father, then we're, we're failing. We're falling short of, of the thing that you called us to do. In Jesus' name, I pray over each and every one in here, Lord, that you would turn them around and change their life today. Cause us to begin to consider where we are, Father. Let's sing this song.